Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Very excited. I have somebody special in studio with me today, and as you know, a lot of my guests call in, so it's always fun when I get somebody that I can physically look at across the desk, through the microphones, and, and see people, and you've heard talk for years now about having a tech company and that my company was bought by somebody I know and and how things went with all of that. Well, I've got Rory Sanchez across the mic from me today, the gentleman who bought my company and then sold my company later on down the road. And he's finally agreed to be on the show. And I can't tell you how excited I am because we always have so much fun when we get together. So Rory, welcome. Thank you. Guilty as charged <laughs> on, uh, on all of those things. Yeah, it's, it's so much fun to have you here because, you know, you have... And, and you just merged companies and made yourself an even bigger company than you were before and, and refocused things and just brought on board a good friend of ours as a, a new hire. And, and you're based in the West Palm area. So you drove up to see me. Correct. Which, yes. is, which is really exciting. We're now, we're now in, in really based in West Palm Beach, Tulsa, Oklahoma, as well as Long Island. Oh, right, right. Because of Sam. That's who I thought you were talking about originally, and then I realized when you said, just made a hire, and I was like, oh, you're talking about yet another person. Yeah, yet another person, because, you know, the tech world is so small, and, and I'm going to give a shout out to Sam over there, because um, I just love and adore Sam Rogeri so much. To know Sam is to love Sam. Yeah, how could you not, right? The man is just <laughs> so totally amazing. <laughs> well, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show was because Watching you over the years, even before you bought my company, was fascinating to me because you always seem to make these right steps. Like you would go through these thought processes and if it wasn't the right step, you would like pivot on a dime so quickly and go, okay, no, we're not going to go that direction. You seem to have this rare ability to let things go and bring things in at the same time. I, I think the key there is to keep all the missteps like under wraps, <laughs> right? So everybody, so it appears that you just make all the right steps, but you know, you to take the right steps, you have to take a lot of steps and a lot of them are the ones that you go, maybe I shouldn't have done that way or, you know, or, or, or gone in that direction. Um, so I, I appreciate that, uh, that you believe that and, <laughs> uh, and we're going to make everybody else believe it that, uh, you know, I have this knack for always going in the right direction, but, um, but the reality is that, you know, there's been a lot of missteps along the way, and I've always leaned on on others to help me see things from a different perspective, and um, and then you know corrected things as quickly as possible. Well, and that's a, a rare skill, Marie. I don't know if you realize how rare that is. I, I have a lot of listeners that are entrepreneurs that some of them have family businesses that they're taking on, and. The biggest question I get when I do strategy work with clients or from my listeners is they don't know what to watch for so that they can make those pivots before they become highly damaging situations. Yet 
you seem to be able to observe what's going on out in the bigger picture world of business and with where trends are going and inside your business to make course corrections. And you said, you know, you rely on other people to help you make those choices and shift your perceptions, which is what this show is all about. But there has to be a little something more in that because I watched you for the year and a half that I worked with you for you. You know, I'm, I'm going to say that I, I love looking forward in the industry and kind of understanding where the industry is heading. And, and I enjoy trying to get there. Um, if not ahead of the curve, you know, maybe, maybe not ahead of everyone else, but, uh, but at least be on the leading edge of, of where the industry is going. I mean, you know, in, in security and IT, it's a changing you know, landscape all the time. Uh, particularly, you know, in IT security, you know the the bad guys are getting better all the time. Yeah. So so the good guys have to get better at defending against the bad guys. You know, and um, you know, in IT itself, you know, it's it, it's just moves so fast, and you know, so much technology gets thrown at us, you know, constantly that you almost have to figure out. Hey, you know, where, where's the business going to need to be, you know, a year from now or two years from now? Um, I've always said that, you know, when I retire, I'm going to do really something really super simple, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm a business guy. So I'm like, Hey, um, I'm going to be doing something, but I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines of like, you know, a gourmet popsicle shop, you know, <laughs> you know, I can make popsicles for like 56 cents and sell them for four bucks. And I'm like, there you go. Super simple. And, and I'm thinking, how, how much has popsicles changed over the years? You know, technology, right, changes really fast. And the amount of companies, the amount of brain power going into, you know, what's coming out next week and the following week is incredible compared to the early days. You know, in, in the early days, you know, you'd say you'd be lucky if there was, you know, a few dozen people in every country you know, really giving some thought to technology where now it's, you know, thousands upon thousands of people working on, on the next big thing. Um, so it's, it's in, in our industry, it's, it's interesting to try to, to see where it's going and kind of anticipate what our clients are going to be looking for a year or two or three years from now and, um, and positioning ourselves to be able to, to remain relevant in the space. Yeah, it's an interesting point, the whole idea of anticipating where you need to be and then remaining relevant. I had a guest on my show who my listeners have heard me talk about a lot, and I've actually, when I've done keynotes, I've actually mentioned him from the stage. I push his book more than my own. Uh, Daniel Burris, he wrote The Anticipatory Organization. Have you heard of Daniel? I have. So you really seem to apply a lot of those ideas and principles of looking to wit, what's coming, what are we not even seeing yet, and how do we begin to create an organization that will be there when the clients are ready for it? Like, not you have to be there before the clients are ready. Otherwise, you're behind the curve, right? Yes. You know, it, it's interesting. If you have the right clients, they'll help guide you in that direction. You know, so we have... You know, we have a, a mix of clients in our, you know, because we have a essentially an IT business and a security business, and um, 
And I find that, you know, the right clients help guide you. You know, they're, they're asking for things. They're saying, Hey, you know, here's where we want to be. You know, how are you going to help us get there? Um, there's absolutely, you know, the clients who are like, Oh, you know, we're, we have, we just need someone to manage our it. You know, we're a, we're a 20 user law firm or we're always going to be a 20 user law firm. And this is how we practice law. And that's all we need, you know, and, and even those guys, we like to go, yes, but you know, um, what can you do to better interface with your clients? What can we do to, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll try to help them, you know, kind of think ahead of the curve, but there are, there are some organizations that I know used to do some work in healthcare, yeah. you know, and uh, you know, we remember the days where, regulatory compliance was starting to come around and um and there was a gentleman that you worked with who was in healthcare compliance yes and and how many doctors did we, did we meet who said i will retire before i ever do any of that yeah and then some of them later on figured out well you know i'm not ready to retire and now they're you know now they're hipaa compliant and making you sign the form and they've had to learn a little bit of you know the difference between security and privacy and, and what all that means. Right. I've been seeing a bunch of doctors lately because of the sound induced vertigo that started June 1st. And one of the doctors is completely paper. He's HIPAA compliant, but he doesn't use an electronic medical record system. Nothing. He's just like, I don't care if I get paid less. I'm not going to do that. And he, he gives you paper prescriptions. He doesn't even e-scribe. <laughs> so you, you literally have to take this piece of paper and get the prescription filled. Uh, and We call know, that old school. Totally old school. <laughs> but what's amazing is how present he is. Because he's not doing all those other tech things, he is completely present with the patient. And I'm seeing another doctor specifically for the ear. And he has his nurse sitting in the room with an iPad. And as he's completely face-to-face with me, paying total attention to me, she's typing everything he's saying. So that's his way of getting around the tech stuff that he needs to do to make sure that he can be present with the patient. So it's it's fascinating that tech is changing the landscape of the way doctors and lawyers and everybody else are doing business. But what are we losing in that process with a lot of businesses where tech is taking over? Sure. And, you know, and it's only getting crazier, right? Because um, I'm a big fan. I've always been a big fan for of technology in order to um, make businesses more efficient and, um, and, you know, and empower businesses. I've always been a little bit anti, you know, personal tech, you know, like, you know, I, sometimes you walk into a room now and everyone's staring at their iPhone right. or, or Absolutely. fun. I'm like, you know, I've seen kids like sitting next to each other and they're laughing because they're texting each other. I'm, right. like, I'm like, well, I don't know. Did you notice you're sitting next to each other? But, um, you know, I, I, I love implementing technology to, to enhance our lives. Uh, you know, I, I was recently at a conference where, um, someone was speaking about, um, the future of, you know, um, how we're applying artificial intelligence and machine learning. And this gentleman said that he believed that in the not so distant future, the word tumor may not exist because we're, uh, machine learning and AI is getting so good at looking at radiology 
that will be able to detect the tumor, get rid of it before it becomes a problem. And maybe 10 years from now, while we may never find a cure for cancer, we may not have tumors. I love the idea of that. And we'll be right back with more from Rory Sanchez after this commercial break. Although I think we are not quite going into the commercial break yet. So Rory, we're just going to talk for another moment um, because Mr. B (laughs) seems to not be here. So that's okay. Until we get to national news, we can just keep talking. Okay, (laughs) It works for me very much. All right. So this whole concept of tech controlling and as people, as business owners, you raised a really great question, which is one of the reasons why when I had the opportunity to sell my company to you, I really liked it was because you don't lead with tech, you lead with the business and the reasons why somebody is in business. Yet security concerns are super critical for anybody that's in business. So how do you balance the need for protecting your business with using tech to grow your business? I, I think you're hitting upon, it's, it's as if we had talked about this in advance, which we did not. We did not, because we just said we were going to have fun, and well, you were no. going to let me ask you anything I wanted. Uh, that, that is true, but, it, but that's funny. I think if, if somebody said to me, hey, tell me about why you put the, the IT company together with the, with the security compliance company, uh, you've just exactly hit it on the head. You know, um, IT was always judged by everything working, right? You know, if you take the traditional, uh, you know, back to the days of, you know, you, you're sitting at a desk and you're having an, a computer problem and you call the guy and the guy comes and he fixes the computer problem and he leaves and you're like successful IT, right? IT was judged by everything working. Then you get the security guys involved and they start going, well, you know, we're going to break some things, right? They're like, it's things should not work that well. Because when it's wide open and everything's working, well, there's also the chance of, of you know, bad things happening. Right. The example there is, you know, usually somebody would get a printer. I'm going to connect this printer to the network. Right. For that printer to work, guaranteed, no problem, they would give the printer admin rights to the network. So now To the, everything. Right? So the, yeah. the printer logs in as an administrator. Yeah. Well, the bad guys know, all I got to do is hack into that printer. And now I'm on your network with administrator rights. Right. So the security guys come in. They start going, oh, we're not just going to give everything admin rights. We're going to start locking things down, which gets viewed as you're you're putting up roadblocks to things working. Because now it's it's more work to get things to work properly. All right. And, and we're going to talk about that more right when we come back from our commercial break. Corey, so you were talking about how... Security teams come in, you know, IT security teams, they come in and they start locking stuff down because people set printers up and their computers up with admin passwords to everything. And then people get mad at people like us for locking stuff down. But it's so critical, right? Uh, Absolutely. And that's, you know, and um, I guess that is what we were talking about. Um, (laughs) We were talking about something different (laughs) in the break and I just. um, (laughs) Yeah, you know, you got to remember there's live and then there's Memorex. Right. Right. So. so yeah, so our our entire idea was, you know, we we took a company that was an IT company that had been, you know, working in the security space and we combined with what was a pure play security company who only did uh security program development, uh you know, validation and testing, uh and did compliance work which our clients were asking for 
and uh, and we said, hey, you know, we we don't want to dabble in security. We want to be a security first company, and um, and our goal is to is to make uh, security uh, not a roadblock to an organization, but but an enabler and a differentiator. So you know, so by bringing both of those sides together, um, we are we are able to keep you know reasonable security inside of an organization and and assist them with compliance because there's a lot of regulatory compliance. You know, it started in healthcare, right. but it has spread to to many many areas and financial, the Sarbanes Oxley, all of that. Right? Absolutely. So you know, the the payment cards industry came up with their set of standards. Um, and it is now, you know, permeating into, into everyday use, um, when, um, when the European, uh, uh, GDPR, General GDPR I always have to say it. So I get the initials gotcha. in the right era, uh, <laughs> general, uh, data protection rules. Uh, you know, uh, it's amazing how many people are falling under GDPR because they do some amount of business or have some amount of data, uh, having to do with someone in that that's under GDPR regulations um but it's uh it's pretty much uh starting to trickle down to to just about everyone uh if you've got data you need to protect it um and not just protect it but you need to inform your clients what you do with their data and how you're going to protect their data as well which a a lot of companies don't even think about well i'm just going to do whatever i want to do well you can't do that anymore sure sure i mean you know it's, it's interesting because um you know, there's always arguments and, and discussions going on around, you know, security versus, you know, privacy and, you know, and how are you using my data? Um, you know, um, Facebook got a lot of, you know, let's say uh, they got beat up. Deservedly so. <laughs> <laughs> See, here you go, right? So this is this is going to be like the argument a little bit is that uh, Facebook got really sort of beat up that uh someone was going in and mining data and they were allowing it. Um, and, um, <clears throat> you know, as a, as a business guy, I go, Hey, if I were Facebook, I'd go, I built all this. I created an avenue for you to communicate with your friends or whatever. And you uploaded all this, stuff. like you gave me all this data and, and I provided you this free platform Right. Right. So, you know, it wasn't like you were paying me to use it. Right. Right. But, you know, what, what we like to say is anytime that you go on the Internet and something is free, like if, if you don't know the price, if you're not paying, it's because, you know, you're the product. You're paying. Yeah. Right. You are. You are the product. <laughs> right. Yep. The fact that you are giving them your contact information and telling them about your life, you're what they're selling. Right there. And so, so when somebody else figures out that, Hey, I can go in there and start mining this stuff. Uh, I would think that that was maybe against, against the, you know, it's unexpected from the user side. Correct. Um, at the same time, you're like, man, I, I put all this stuff up there on a free platform. How did I think they were making money? Like why is Facebook worth what it's worth? And I'm not, I haven't contributed right. one dime. <laughs> okay, so so here's my other side of that. The reason I said deservedly so was because the way Facebook's policies were worded, they allowed, because you know they knew that it was happening, 
they allowed their policies to be subverted by extra third party people. Sure. Now, my feelings on some of it was, well, a lot of these people signed up and said, yes, I will accept some money to give you research data. Once you do that, once you start answering surveys, you're allowing yourself to be there. So it's on multiple sides. Sure. But at the same time, we also expect organizations to protect certain aspects of our data. Absolutely. And and I think that's where the breakdown happened and why you created the your newer company, which used to be SL Powers, to true digital security was to help companies mine walk through that minefield that is how do we balance technology and security with growing our business because sometimes the cost of security could be so prohibitive you can't even run your business sure uh that's absolutely true you know it's it's about maintaining that balance and um you know and, and i'm sure we'll talk about that you know I think you've got a break coming I've up. I've got there. a national news <laughs> coming up. So we're going to be cutting over to national news in just a few moments. And if you go to laurastewart.com slash so tell us, you're going to find out some great information on how you can protect your online reputation and increase it and get rid of any of those, you know, not so great reviews that are up there and get your clients helping you grow your business and tell everybody how awesome you are. So go to laurastewart.com slash so tell us. They are one of the sponsors of the show that have come on board lately and I really believe in what they're doing. I had Ron Howard, the founder, on the other week and I just love what he and his sons are doing to run their business. So we'll be right back with more with Rory Sanchez of True Digital Security. Welcome back, everybody. If you're just joining us live on iHeartRadio, I'm sitting here in studio with Rory Sanchez. Um, is your title now CEO, founder, what, president? I don't CEO. even know. CEO of True Digital Security. Um, he just merged his company in with a bunch of other companies. He's been buying and selling companies for years and years and years, including my own tech company that I used to have. And we're just sitting here having a whole conversation about business, about anticipating your growth, where you need to be. And we just were having this, we had some fun conversations during the commercial break, and those are a lot of fun too. One day I'll share with you some of those. But before the break, Rory, we were talking about how people can begin to think about security in relation to growing their business. But I don't, I don't want to continue that. I want to go in a slightly different direction, okay? Because... A lot of my listeners are entrepreneurs, right? And they think that the best way to grow sometimes is to buy a new business. And I know it's a struggle for a lot of them because they have no idea how to go about buying a business or, or they're like, I, I'm done with my business. I want to sell my business. But they all think their businesses are worth millions and millions of dollars when they're probably worth about 20000 <laughs> right? You've seen this sure. how many times with sure. all the, the companies you've bought and sold. And so what would your advice be for a business that is thinking about selling their company or one that wants to grow through acquiring? You know, <clears throat> growing through acquisition is is a great way to go, you know, and and I think you have to, there's a number of things to consider there. One is you know, why are you acquiring them? And and there's could be a lot of answers to that. I've known folks to acquire a company because, you know what, they're my number one competitor 
and and maybe if I acquire them, we will, you know, I'm eliminating my my number one competitor, uh, getting their client base, and uh, and that's a good way to grow. And all you're really doing is is maybe getting a little bit larger market share, and um, and maybe eliminating that uh, you know that uh, that pain in your side guy down the street gotcha. that was always trying to undercut you, um, and and that's not a bad way to go. Um, another thing that you, whereby you might want to acquire someone is because they have a different set of services than you, uh, maybe something complementary. Uh, in in our industry, for example, let's say we're we're IT infrastructure guys, but um, but maybe there is an application development company that we think, hey, we have clients who are looking for application development. We're not doing that in house. They have clients who are they're asking them for for work and infrastructure and other things, and you know they're having to partner with other people. Wouldn't it be great to bring it all under one house, and um, and we're able to cross sell. Uh, and now you have sort of a, both sides of your house has has new clients that they can go after okay. that you didn't have before. Um, another one is geographical reach. You know, maybe you need local presence somewhere, and you go, you know what? Um, you know, in our example, let's say you know we're we're based in in West Palm Beach uh, down here in Florida, and let's say we wanted to do something in another Florida town. Uh, Orlando or Miami or something. We said, you know what? We could go fresh into Miami and start marketing in Miami and try to make some ground in Miami. Or maybe we can acquire someone there who is ready to sell their business. Now we move in and and we already have an established client base. Right. We take that company, we sort of merge them into what we're doing, uh-huh. and then we're able to expand there. Um, that's a good way to go. And, and I think my my thing. Why? Rory's <laughs> laughing because I'm taking his picture. <laughs> the um, the um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, when you're when you're making any kind of an acquisition, I say that the number one thing is cultural fit. Okay. Um, you know, spend a lot of time. Uh, particularly, you know, the bigger your business is, the the more you want to make sure that whoever you're acquiring, merging with, depending on how you're going to do it. Um, you know, is a good cultural fit. Particularly if if some of those people are staying, it's more important than ever. You know, if if you're acquiring a company and maybe the owners are going away and now it's going to be your way or the highway, that's one thing, right? I'm acquiring the company. We know what we're doing. We're bringing this on board and, and we're converting how you guys do things to the way we do things. And what I say goes that is less sensitive than, hey, you know, the, the owners of that company bring a lot of value and I want them to stick around, right? We're going to do this together. Now cultural fit becomes very important. You know, do people have sort of the same work ethic? Um, are we, you know, do all that you can to understand the, uh, the skill sets and are they on level playing field? Because uh, I have found... Things go really well. Things go really sour, depending on how that cultural fit comes together. Okay, let's talk about cultural fit because you bought my company, right? And prior to that, several years back, I had somebody that wanted to purchase my company and they wanted to spend some time talking to my staff in preparation for possibly doing this. Now, everybody was signed to non-disclosures when they came on board 
years and years ago. Yet they started talking to customers about the fact that the company was up for sale. In this idea of trying to find out whether the culture fit, it ended up losing some major clients because the staff started talking out of turn and, you know, they ended up, they're gone and and whatever and the way it went. So there's always a risk when you are going to acquire a company or sell a company that that moment of conversation with the buyer and the seller could jeopardize your business. Yes? No? Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and it all depends on, on how you do it, right? So right. if you're if you're one of these companies that, say, has a bunch of funding and you're out to a, make a number of acquisitions and you've got a timeline and somebody wants to know one of these acquisitions is going to get done, that's sort of a different paradigm than, say, if you're someone trying to grow the business and you can afford to take your time and and do it a different way. What we did um, with uh, the folks in Tulsa, we were, you know, we're like, hey, we're going to, and we had had a, a bad, um, I don't want to say bad, but we we attempted to get together with a different security company, and it didn't work out. Right. Um, at the end of the day, I think we did not have a shared vision in where the company was going, and we said, "Hey, you know, we have to we have to back this deal out." So then, uh, around that time is uh, is when I met the uh, the guys in uh, in Tulsa, and uh, we were talking about uh, Sam before, and, right. and and to know Sam is to love Sam. Absolutely. Uh, wait till you meet Jerry. Here's another like super likable guy. I'm looking forward uh, to meeting him. <laughs> so um, you know, uh, uh, Jerry is an awesome guy. You know, PhD, computer engineering, thinking guy. You know the the hardest part of working with Jerry is is having him stop thinking, you know, of, of what's the next thing that we should be doing right. so we can execute on on the ten good ideas that he <laughs> came up with in the last half an hour. Uh, but um, but but great guy, and we we had a kind of a long dating period, and and the way that happened is is we said, hey, you guys do things that we don't do, and vice versa. So let's announce that our companies have a, a strategic partnership, and we did. And, uh, you know, once upon a time, did, did we think, hey, our companies might eventually combine? But it really, uh, it didn't start off that way. We said, hey, you know, it, it was one of the things I love about this guy when I first met him. I said, you know, we're an IT company and we're looking to partner up with a company like yours. And he goes, I hate IT guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why? He goes, because you guys always think that you can do what we do. Right. And I said, listen. I don't want to do what you do. I understand the difference between, you know, some of these things and, and what is, you know, and we sort of define security in a different way. Right. You know, Jerry will tell you, you know, security is a team sport. You know, it requires everyone, uh, including people at the client, or it's education. It's about having, you know, governance and procedures in place right. so that everyone is trying to keep the organization safe. And you IT guys... You think you can put in a firewall and go, oh, I put in some technology and as he calls it, blinky lights, and now the organization is safe. And and no, you know, I yes, you need a firewall, but no, that you know, when you That's not the end of it. The, the, the business owner goes, I must be secure. I, I paid you this much money. He goes, Well, that much money got you a firewall. Right. So now you have a firewall, you don't have security. To have security 
right? You have to, you have to think secure, right? It takes, it takes a village, you know, to, to be secure. So one of the ways that somebody who's thinking about acquiring a company without jeopardizing it could get together with the owners and say, let's create a strategic partnership where we're sharing some resources and we're sort of courting, but not letting the rest of the employees know that this is could potentially lead to a sale just to protect sort of the business and see if it does make a fit. If you have the time and the luxury to do that, to understand the cultural side of the business. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, we have, we have friends in the it business kind of like up and down the coast. And a lot of times we, we share best practices and, you know, it's funny how sometimes some of those conversations lead to, Hey, think about all the things that we could do together. And you know, that might not fit every business, but, um, but it's, it's, it's a good way to get to know the people that, you know, let's call it a dating period before, before the marriage, before the marriage, <laughs> before the marriage and the merger. All right. We'll be back with more from Rory Sanchez in just a moment and uh, go to laurastewart.com slash. So tell us and find out how to manage your online reputation. All right. So when somebody's thinking about acquiring or selling a business, you talked about this idea of courting strategic partnerships, but what if you're thinking about selling your company how does what would be your piece of advice to somebody who is thinking about selling their business and wants to get top dollar but doesn't really understand what their business perhaps may be worth? That is a really tough question, right? right? So <laughs> um you know, everybody thinks that their business is is worth more than it is and um and it's definitely worth more to some people than to others. Um you know, in, in our particular industry, you know, there are, there are folks that'll tell you, um, that there's a, there's a formula, you know, you can, you can figure out, you know, how much contracted revenue you have or, or they'll put a value on the different amounts of revenue. Um, but if you go to your bank, you know, and, and you did a, you had your, your bank come in and do a valuation, you know, the bank wants to see three years of financials, they're going to see how much you were putting to the bottom line. They're going to apply it to some multiplier that they get off of like, you know, a book or an internet site that says companies are worth this much. And they're going to go, here you go. You know, if you, if you manage to make, you know, if you manage to put a hundred thousand dollars to the bottom line last year, they're going to multiply that by, you know, one or two or three or four and go, well, you know, you're worth this much. And, um, and you're going to go, wow, that's, that's, I thought it was worth more than that. Um, if you do some of these, you know, where you understand the industry and, and how have others sold, um, you know, you'll get a different perspective. Okay. Um, you know, say, say in the, in the IT business, um, you know, I, I think, you know, there was a, if you had uh, managed IT services, there's a certain multiplier on, on annual revenue. And managed IT services basically means for anybody in any industry, recurring revenue, money you're getting every month. Right. We've okay. contracted with a client. They pay us X number of dollars per month. We take care of their stuff, but it's a, a managed recurring revenue. And there might be some multiplier and there could be different types of revenue, right? In our industry, you might have managed IT revenue, managed security revenue, uh, diff- you know, and, and they might put a different multiplier on those and go, here you go. A strategic buyer, you know, and, and it's funny, I, I, I was talking to someone who's in kind of an, uh, 
uh, industry uh, industry analyst type person. He said, you know, a lot of what you're seeing, though, are fire sales, right? There's there's someone who's, again, one of these funded companies is going around right. buying people. They have a formula, and they're like, this is what we'll pay. And somebody goes, well, that sounds pretty good. This is somebody who wants to get out of the industry where a strategic buyer is always willing to pay more, right? So someone who says, we don't have these capabilities, but we have clients who are looking for this, and we need to acquire someone to help us deliver what we're doing. To okay. our, you know, So they're not going to the bank. They're not looking at industry charts. They're saying, what is that business worth to us? Because we have clients asking for it. It's going to build up our, our portfolio. Uh, those folks are willing to pay more. So, uh, you know, again, depending on what your business is, because um, there's, right, everything out yeah. there is a business. Everything from my gourmet popsicle shop, which I don't actually have yet, <laughs> to... Uh, we have a couple in town. Yeah. yeah See, it's, it's a thing. It it's is a, a total I, thing. It wasn't a thing years ago when yeah. I was like, this is, you know, I found a machine made in Brazil. It was like 12 grand. I could make like 300 popsicles an hour. This is a different story. It's a different show. I know. It could um, be a lot of fun. I'm thinking about that now. <laughs> But, um, uh, you know, finding finding a strategic buyer is is probably going to get you the the most, you know, top dollar. Someone who wants to um, to move, you know, somebody who wants to acquire you for some reason other than, you know, they're under the gun to make some acquisitions and grow a company. So, um, uh, you know, before. uh, Combining uh, with with True Digital Security from from Tulsa and uh, and and taking their name because we thought it was more in line with what we're doing today. Sure, it has more um, it more name branding power than SL Powers, sure. which I loved, but didn't necessarily describe what you did. Didn't really say anything, and, and that's why we liked it originally. It doesn't really say, say anything, anything, right? You can so, do whatever you want. <laughs> right? It's like it's like eBay. What does that mean? Yeah. No, nobody knows, right? They they defined what what that one right. word meant. Like Hagen does. <laughs> so um, you know, and 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 SL Powers came from the founder of the company, a guy named Steve Powers. Right. Middle initial L. Uh, He's out there somewhere. Hi, Steve. <laughs> but um, uh, what do you call it? Um, the um, So when you're having a conversation with True Digital and you were to sign a merge and took on their name. So so about a year before that, we had the chance to sell our company. And, um, and my now retired business partner, Bob, was like, yes, let's sell the company. And I was like, Bob, you've been wanting to retire as long as I've known you. So go retire. And, uh, <laughs> You know, and, and, and Bob absolutely said, you know, hey, let's sell the company. And, you know, we'd had some opportunities in the past, but uh, but we came across a somewhat strategic buyer. Uh, it was a, a company who has presence in a couple of other uh, geographies in the U.S. And they were very interested because they had some South Florida clients and they were very interested in moving into South Florida. And it was more strategic than just, you know, they were they were looking for. Uh, a company that had a, a mix of services very close right. to ours because it mirrored theirs. And the um, reputation that you guys had. They were looking for all those things. They were looking for a good reputation, uh, clients that looked a certain way, and uh, and we were right in the backyard of where they wanted to be. Gotcha. So this was, uh, it was probably, you know, while we had fielded some some general offers in the past, this was a, this was a really good one. And, um, and again, partner bob bob was like hey 
I'm ready to go. Let's sell the company. And uh, I said, you know what? I've been talking to these guys from Tulsa. And uh, as you know, Bob's about 10 years older than I am. Yes. And Bob's like, I'm ready to retire. And I said, all right. But ultimately, he did what, what Bob has always done, which is, I'm your wingman. And at the in the end, I'm going to go with whatever you decide to do. Right. And um, and I said, well, I'm going to make it so that you can retire, which he did August 1st. That's a huge uh, but, step. Congrats, uh, Bob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Congrats to Bob. Everybody wants to be Bob. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of an old joke. Yes. Of everybody wants yeah. to be Bob. But, um, uh, you know, Bob got to retire August 1st and uh, a, a few months after the, the merge. And, uh, you know, we, I said, no, nah, man, we're going to, I'm not done yet. We're, we're, we're doing some really cool things around IT and security. So we are going to merge with, uh, with these guys out of Tulsa. And then we're going to bring in, uh, uh, Sam from Long Island. Uh, we brought in his company, Advanced Vision Technology Group. And, uh, now we have these three locations and, uh, and are doing some services that we can deliver nationwide. Right. But, um. You know, we're, we're doing some really cool things around, uh, you know, what we call consult, transform, and manage, uh, where we where we can figure out where a company is and whether it's in IT or security and compliance, help them to, to transform that piece of their business and then help them manage it. Okay. And uh, we're doing some cool stuff, so I'm not retiring yet. No, absolutely not. I never thought you would when I had heard <laughs> that you had some opportunities to sell. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen. I want to make sure people can get to you if they have questions or if they need help for their businesses sure. with security and compliance and IT. So how do they? what's the best way? Um, TrueDigitalSecurity.com is, is our domain. And I'm, uh, I think Rory at TrueDigitalSecurity.com will work, but Rory.Sanchez definitely works okay rory.sanchez at truedigitalsecurity.com you can go to truedigitalsecurity.com whether you're listening to this in the florida area or tulsa or anywhere in the united states and i think you do some international work as well somebody needs some help with it security compliance whatever it may be what i love about you worry is how you lead with business first it's not about the tech how can we how, how can you help the company grow it's always been about becoming an extension of our clients team and uh and understanding how we can help empower them you know while keeping them safe yeah i love that and uh you know i remember the morning after the deal closed when you purchased my company and I woke up and I go, oh, I've got to, I've got to go do this. And I was working for you at the time, but I went, oh, wow, I'm not on pager 24-7, 365. I'm not responsible for everybody anymore. And the relief I felt was amazing. And I didn't realize how much I needed that. So I want to thank you for that and recommend to any business owners out there that you do what Rory said, think strategically. When you're creating your businesses, while you're growing your business, think about what you want. Do you want to keep your business in the family? Do you want to keep growing it? Or at some point, do you want to exit? If you do, as Rory talked about on the show, start beginning to think strategically about what will make you attractive to a potential buyer and then start doing those things. And it's not as easy as it looks because you have to really start shifting your perceptions. Right, Rory? 
Yeah. Have we been here for an hour? We have been here it's, for an it's hour. It's like a five-minute show. We've right? just been isn't talking. It? It's, it's over now. It's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? Okay, everybody, remember the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking today? Have a great day, everyone, and uh, go, go check out True Digital Security. It may change your minds about how you do business. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today. 